0: with us, and don't be shy to encourage her.
1: Amen. Um, Good afternoon, everyone. All is well? All is well. (laughs) All is well. Everything is well. Um, When I feel nervous and I feel afraid, I always say, all is well. All is well. And just recently, I have to tell that so many times to myself, I I am working in, in an aged care and I had this man. I put him in a commode, and we were talking about crabs and fish because, because I just want to to make him laugh. And we were laughing, and he got carried away, and he said, "Oh no, the." Crabs got stuck in the commode. (laughs) So it's like and in my heart I was saying, oh Lord, all is well, all all is well. And he's saying, I'll be castrated if you're not gonna get the nurse. I said, Yes, yes, yes. But I praise the Lord because he did not really get upset with me. It's because I have a good relationship with him just before it happened. You know, sometimes things happened with us and it just gets really bad. But one thing is for sure, if we have established a good relationship before that, we can easily be forgiven. We can easily be forgiven. But today, I'll be talking about rest in peace. It is the second or maybe the third because this morning, there is the second one. Where do you usually see the sign, rest in peace? Yes, you're right, (laughs) in the cemetery. And we we will be looking in, uh, yep. So when someone said goodbye, when you go to the tomb, what do you usually feel? Yeah, it is very sad. Sometimes people are fighting when someone dies. Why? Because there's a big inheritance and they're fighting over it you know they want they i want this i want that i want the the golden uh, spoon that my grandma left in the you know under her bed and everyone's fighting over it everyone's fighting about it because the the owner already left she's gone and the first thing is there's sadness there's something that's lost within us, and we cannot bring it back. We'll be talking about how Jesus told his disciples when he's about to go, when he's about to die. Oh, t- why I never learn? <laughs> Does <laughs> it? Yeah. So, um, may I please read it to you? In John 14:25 to 27, it says, "I'm telling you these things while I'm still living with you. The friend, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send at my request, will make everything plain to you. He will remind you of all the things I have told you. I'm leaving you well and whole. That's my parting gift to you. Peace." I don't leave you the way you're used to being left, feeling abandoned, bereft. So don't be upset. Don't be distraught or very worried and upset. So that's what Jesus told the disciples when he was about to leave, which is very, very different when someone dies because they're all talking about the last will and testament. They're all talking about what he's going to give. What they're gonna get from the one who died, but he, Jesus, is giving that kind of peace. Have you got peace? And how do we get that peace? It is very easy to say, "Peace be with you," "Peace be with you," but at the uh, at the back of mom, of your mind, you're still troubled, and you're still bothered. And we will. And we will. Uh, joined it with Luke 9, 23 and Matthew 16, 24, when Jesus said that, if anyone wants to be my disciple, you must deny oneself, take up your cross daily and follow me. So what is now the connection of the peace that Jesus was giving to the disciples and the taking the cross daily and denying oneself? Because during that time, when Jesus fed the 5,000, there are so many people following him. You know why? Because he healed the sick. He, healed, he fed the people. That's why there's so many people following him. So Jesus said, if anyone wants to be my disciple, must deny oneself. And you know, when you deny yourself, it means that you're RIP. You're resting in peace. And the other meaning of that is you die. You kill yourself, not literally, of course, but you die. You kill your right to your own self so that you have that kind of peace. Otherwise, there will be no peace and you will just be troubled So in First Peter, he said, he must turn away and do what is right. He must pursue peace with God, with yourself and with others and pursue it eagerly, not just merely desiring it. So we'll be talking about the three kinds of peace that we should have. The number one is peace with God and number two is peace with ourselves and number three is peace with others. Because If that triangle, if you have peace with God, but you don't have peace with yourself, it wouldn't work out. Or if you have peace with God and peace with yourself, but you do not have peace with others, it wouldn't work out. But my friends, it is so difficult and really it is impossible to have that kind of balance without Jesus in the center. So we will be talking, what is peace? What is peace? It is not just kind of being tranquil and being silent that you will say, if you're asleep, I'm at peace. You're very kind if you're sleeping. That's what we usually say to people who are very, very nasty and unkind. Oh, he's very kind. But when sleeping? (laughs) When sleeping? It means that. Not very kind. In Wikipedia, it says freedom from disturbance or tranquility. We can say that there's peace here, can we? Of course we can. We're not biting one another. We're not punching one another. Or we're not, at least we're not gossiping one another because you're not talking. You can't, because I'm the one talking here, (laughs) you know. So there's peace. But you know what? The peace that God is talking is not just about the absence of trouble. It's not just about the absence of conflict. It's not just about the absence of war. But peace is not the absence of troubles, but the presence of God. Because here on earth, following Jesus, being a disciple of Jesus, it doesn't mean that you'll have a bed of roses. Because even if you have the bed of roses, roses have thorns, So you'll just get be pricked. So it means that there is always something that we don't like, even if we want to like it. But the truth is there's something that we don't, you know, (laughs) something that we don't. Therefore, since we have been justified through fight, we have peace with God through Jesus Christ. So it is only through Jesus Christ that that we have peace. The word
0: peace is common in most languages. People can talk about peace treaties or times of peace. It means the absence of war. And in the Bible, the word peace can refer to the absence of conflict. But it also points to the presence of something better in its place. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew word for peace is shalom. And in the New Testament, the Greek word is eirene. The most basic meaning of shalom is complete or whole. The word can refer to a stone that has a perfect whole shape with no cracks. It can also refer to a completed stone wall that has no gaps and no missing bricks. Shalom refers to something that is complex with lots of pieces that is in a state of completeness, wholeness. It is like Job who says his tents are in a state of shalom because he counted his flock and no animals are missing. This is why shalom can refer to a person's well-being. Like when David visited his brothers on the battlefield, he asked about their shalom. A time when God would make a covenant of shalom with his people and make right all wrongs and heal all that has been broken. This is why Jesus' birth in the New Testament was announced as the arrival of Erene. Remember, that is the Greek word for peace. Jesus came to offer his peace to others, like when he said to his followers, My peace I give to you all. The apostles claimed that Jesus made peace between messed up humans and God when he died and rose from the dead. The idea is that he restored to wholeness the broken relationship between humans and their creator. This is why the Apostle Paul can say Jesus himself is our Irene. He was the whole complete human that I am made to be but have failed to be. And now he gives me his life as a gift. And this means that Jesus' followers are now called to create peace. Paul instructed local churches to keep their unity through the bond of peace which requires humility and patience and bearing with others in love. Becoming people of peace means participating in the life of Jesus who reconciled all things in heaven on earth restoring peace through his death and resurrection. So peace takes a lot of work because it is not just the absence of conflict. True peace requires taking what is broken and restoring it to wholeness whether it is in our lives our relationships or in our world and that's the rich biblical concept of peace
1: thank you and before we continue may i please request just a, a moment of silence just to acknowledge the presence of the lord and let us be surrendered to him Father God in heaven, I acknowledge your sovereignty in this place, O oh God. Let your Holy Spirit be our teacher, O oh Lord. Let your be our minister, O oh God. Hide my weaknesses, O oh Lord, and let thy strength be manifested in this place. Holy Spirit, thank you for your power and for your comfort to everyone. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. So, yes, so as we continue... In Galatians 2.20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no long, longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself to me. So it's like when we became a Christian, it is not, we've always heard this, it is not us anymore. But how easy it is. It is impossible without Jesus So how we can make peace with God? Number one is we pray. The only thing that we can commune and listen to God is by praying. And praying here does not just mean that he's, he's like a genie that we say everything that we want. You know, because usually when we pray, we say, Lord, give me this, give me that, do this, do that, and When we do that, it's not that we're acknowledging him as Lord, but we're treating him as our servant. We're treating him as our slave because we're just asking him to do this, to do that. And if he doesn't, what we usually does, what we usually do, we throw a little bit of tantrum. We throw a little bit, oh, I'm not going to go to church because you did not give it to me. I'm not going to pray. I'm not going to fast. And sometimes we do the other way around. Lord, I'm going to fast. I'm not going to eat for five weeks, but please give me this, give me that. And if he doesn't, we'll say, oh, I did not eat for five, days, five, you know, five nights and I get hungry. I get thirsty, but you did not do anything to me. We don't treat God like that. So when we pray, it is that we want to commune with the Lord. It is that we want to develop that kind of relationship that we want to nurture. And whether he does it or he doesn't, he's still the Lord. And number two, we engage in fellowship. We all do that. We're here at church. We are fellowshipping. But brothers and sisters, the challenge is not when you are sitting there. The challenge is when you go out from here. How do we fellowship with others? And even how do we fellowship with other brethren? It is very easy to talk about other people when we are outside and we see all the wrong things that they've done, and they will say, oh, they're Christians, but I don't know why they're still doing that, you know, oh, Larissa was good, but I didn't really like the praise and worship, you know, but thank God, Larissa is not worshiping you, you know, because if if the worship is about just pleasing your people oh my gosh, <laughs> oh my gosh, there'll be, you know, you want this, you want that, I like this, I like that, but the thing is, we are worshiping the true God, Jesus himself, and when someone prays he someone walks out and will say, I don't like the fellowship, it was so boring, I don't like the word, but tell you what, the message is not to please you, The message is not to make you feel comfortable and happy, but the message, Jesus wants to commune with you. And if it doesn't penetrate on your heart, it's not the problem of the preacher or the singer or the song leader or the ministers, but it's your problem, bro, and sis. All right? It is your problem. So the next time you complain, say, rest in peace, my soul, because you don't have Peace And if you worry when the bill, the electric bill, the, vo- the Vodafone, Telstra whatsoever bill comes and you don't have money and you pray and after that you get worried, you just say, rest in peace, my soul, because I have a God who can pay for it through my job because if you believe that God provides but you don't work, hallelujah. do you think? Do you think that it will just pay for by itself? The Lord told us that we have to work. Because those who are lazy, they're not, they don't have, even have the right to eat. See? So if you're lazy, I'll tell you, you don't even have the right to eat. So please don't take breakfast if you're feeling so lazy. <laughs> so, because the Lord is telling us, if we're lazy, we have no right even to eat. And just like a Christian, we can be very eager to come to church on Sundays. But how about on the Mondays to Saturdays? The Lord is expecting us to fellowship with Him and accept Him as our main source and surrender, not just on the Sunday, but all the days of the week. And it's so difficult, especially when you're driving and the traffic is just... Wars, you can say whatever you want to say and you can do whatever sign to other people and you just forget the hallelujah, hallelujah, praise the Lord that you did on Sunday. <laughs> it's just, where is the peace? <laughs> I mean, where is the peace that you were jumping on the Sunday, but on the Monday, on the morning, on the traffic, you were just cursing the other one because you can't get through and you're like, because you woke up late confess and condemn no more when you confess your sins have peace with god that you've been forgiven because sometimes we've done mistakes 30 years ago 20 years ago in our life and for goodness sake you haven't forgotten it to have peace with god it's you we accept that we've been forgiven that we have been forgiven And, of course, you forgive others as well. We'll go through that. And then the last thing is empowered by the Holy Spirit. So we cannot do it alone. We cannot do it alone. We cannot be a Christian without Christ. We can never be a Christian. There can be a poor church. There can be so many churches. But without Christ, no one can be a Christian. No one can be a Christian. And Christ himself is the peace that he has given to us. And you know what? When you follow him and do something with him, you have peace when you trust him. Not that you feel grumpy and, you know, you're not in control. You cannot do this. You cannot do that. And you just get upset. You complain. You complain about the pastor. You complain about the chair. You complain about the air condition. You complain even about the coffee, because it is instant, you know you have so many complaints if we don't have peace, so the next time that you hear someone complain, what are you gonna say? rest in peace <laughs> that's it because brothers and sisters, we cannot follow Jesus and be ministered to others if we don't have peace within ourselves at all. How can you impart peace to others if you see them and you just get worried and you just complain? And when, you, you know, when you're working, it will take five years for them to know that you're a Christian. You know? It's like, oh, really? You're a Christian? I can't believe it. You know? <laughs> we are at the testimony of Jesus That's just the first time that they see us, they will see something different in us. Not because we're walking with a halo or we're walking with a Bible and all the things that we say. In John 15, 16, God's all of the world and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. That's not how it is. We have that kind of love that they can never understand. So that's how we can make peace with God. So the first thing is we acknowledge that He is the God. So number two... This is a bit difficult. Make peace at yourself. Have you got peace with yourself? It is not easy. And number one is God over self. Because without God over us, we will never have peace on ourselves. We will never have peace on ourselves. Because the human nature always wants to take control, aren't we? we want to have the the money that we need a year in the year ahead you know it is so good to feel that you have so much money in your bank to pay for the next bills but how 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 do you feel when you don't have any money it is so good to 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 feel that you're in control you know it is so good To feel that everything is on control. But I tell you what, unless you get out of control and let God in control, you will always be out of control. Always be out of control. Out of control. And number three, we admit imperfection. Just like what Leslie said this morning, no one's perfect. Anyone here is perfect. No. No. But you know what? We always look for a perfect church, don't we? I don't like this church because of this, because of that. I wanna I wanna go to that church because they're better. I wanna go there because you know the people are they they dress nicely. They I, I don't know, they have a nicer coffee or they have um yeah, what they just we just compare. But you know what? If you're looking for a perfect church, and even if you find one, I'll tell you what. You're not accepted there. <laughs> you don't belong there. <laughs> because no one's perfect. We're not perfect. Because if we go there, then that church became imperfect. <laughs> you know, <laughs> There's nothing perfect. And if you're saying that you haven't, you haven't said any lie then that's the first time that you're lying. (laughs) That's it. We are all imperfect. That only God can make us whole. That peace, that shalom that we were discussing about is the completeness and the wholeness that only Jesus can feel. No one else. No one else. Maybe you might think that Oh, my husband can, my wife can, you know. My, if I can just marry him, I can, I can die the next day because I'm so happy, you know. I'll be the happiest person on earth. But I tell you what, after one year of marriage, what are you going to say? <laughs> what are you going to say? Ah, <laughs> oh, It's very true. <laughs> it's very true. And compliment but not compete. Brothers and sisters, especially ministers of God, especially disciples of God, we are here to complement and not to compete. The big puzzle, the hard puzzle that Jesus is making, we have different shapes. Each one of us. Each one of us. Imagine if I take, what's your name again? If I, if I take Nathan's role, what do you think will going to happen? The, the puzzle will be imperfect. God's plan will not be taking place because someone else is doing what he's not supposed to do. Imagine if I sing like what Larissa is singing... I can't. All all of you are gonna go. <laughs> all of you are gonna go. Just, just, it's just like what I'm saying. That, ladies and gentlemen, every one of us does not need to be insecure. You don't need to be insecure, and you don't need to feel insecure because this is just what I can do. This is what I can just do. You know, she's very good. He's very good. This is just me. I can't do anything, Lord. I just sit down and just. I'll cry if I can cry and you know complain if I can complain but no the Lord has called us to be part of that puzzle Amen. the Lord has called us to be part of that and we are specifically specifically called in the Fever Peninsula to minister and to show Jesus to everyone so that's how we make Peace with ourselves and accept that we are empowered by grace. We have been saved, not because we did something good or we're good, but because of God's grace. And God's grace is changing. God's grace is transformational. You cannot say that I can sin all the time because God is gracious. I'll tell you that God's grace is transforming so if you are not changing and if you've been saying that you've been saved by grace for five years, but you still say those words that you were saying where you, when you're not yet a Christian, when you are still so doing all those things that you've been doing before you become a Christian, there's a big question mark. And you have to put it in, in he, Because grace is transformational. Grace is the one that makes you smile, even in the midst of troubles, even when you're very upset with someone, especially when he's also a Christian. I mean, it's easier to go to show your holy, holy personality to other people because they don't know you. But inside the church, I'm t- <laughs> this is a big, big challenge. I mean, I'm not talking about he. Maybe there's no one like that here. But (laughs) in different churches, you know, people are fighting over position. People are fighting over roles. People are fighting over favors of people. But we only fight for the favor of God. We only please the Lord and not other people. So in Psalm 17:15, as for me I will behold thy face in righteousness I will be I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. So there's always satisfaction. So when there's peace, there's satisfaction. With women, I know it's very difficult to be satisfied, especially when you go shopping. <laughs> it takes hours and hours and hours just to find a pair of shoes. <laughs> because you try everything. And <laughs> mind you, the husbands, they don't even like to be with us because you try everything and you'll say, uh, I don't really like them. Let's go to the other mall. You know, <laughs> We're very hard to be satisfied because, you know what? There's always an empty thing. That wholeness that's being said there, the peace that is empty in us, only Jesus can fill up. So the last, the last point is, why do I always do that? <laughs> make peace with others. For some, it's easy. For some, it's difficult. Do you find it easy to make peace with others? Yeah, especially those who are peaceful as well. <laughs> but those who are not peaceful, ah. Oh, It's very hard. It's very easy to like a person who is likable. But you know what? The challenge is not to like the person that is likable. The challenge is not to love the person that is lovable. Because if Jesus did that, where are we now? We're doomed. We are doomed if Jesus only liked the people that are likable and loving. But, you know, it's for us as human, it's so easy to like those people who are, you know, have nice dress, who have smiles. And it's so hard to like people that, that the appearance we don't like. You know, it's all right, I like you, but just give me space, please. You know, just just a little bit of space. Just, just there and here, and I have here. That's very common. That's very common. And forgive and forget. The first thing that we should do to have peace with others is to forgive and forget. Here's the mathematics of that. As a human nature, we like to give and to get, isn't it? That's an uh, ordinary person. We give to give and to get. But Jesus doubled it. That to get and that to give, he doubled it, forgive and forget. And he double, when he doubled it, there's a double portion of anointing. Because without him, we can never forgive and we can never forget. So do you get the mathematics? To give and to get, that's very common to people. Even unbelievers, it's easy. You know, When it's your birthday, you have to give. But, you know, when it's my birthday, you have to give me as well so that I get. And what you give me on my birthday, I can just give it to you as well. If you give me double zero, guess what? On your birthday, I'm going to give you triple zero. So, you know, that's the human nature. That's how it works. But Jesus, when he came here, he doubled it. Forgive and forget. I forgive you, but never show your face again to me. That's how we operate sometimes. You know, I forgive you, but you will never have the same connection with me again. But if Jesus did that, if Jesus did that, if Jesus did that, can you imagine where we are? We're doomed. Offer help without expectation. That's very easy to explain. Reassure love and acceptance. Reassure love and acceptance. That's very easy to explain as well. And give generously. Is that easy? It is easy when they give me generously as well. <laughs> it is, yeah, it is so easy. If you give me 100 bucks, it is easy for me to give you 100 bucks as well. But for those people who cannot give, is it easy? To give them as well. No, it's not. It's not. Even if you line up to get some food, you know what we usually do. We go first because we want to get the best thing for us. I mean, it's admitted it or not. That's the tr- that's the reality. When you look at a photo, who do you who do you always look at first? Of course, you look at yourself. When you do the photo, it's like, oh, no, I don't like that. Don't, don't post it, please. I don't like my face there. And the other one will say, oh, I like my face there. I'm going to post it. You know, we are all centered to ourselves. That's the human nature. But Jesus, Jesus, if he was self-centered, do you think he's going to die on the cross for these sinners who mock him and put him on the cross? No, no. And imitate how Jesus treats others. We all know that. That's also giving generously. And at church, it is easy to give. Um, in the Philippines, we have the, I'm not really familiar with the faces of the money here yet. But in the Philippines, we have like, in, church, in churches, you give the face of the lowest value. That's very common. But if you go to the concerts, it is so easy to pay the, you know, whatever amount of tickets it is. But why? 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 They say that in the, I mean, don't take it personally with me. In the Western world, it is harder to give a church because the church already has money. You know, it, it already has money. It's supporting. It's, it's, self, it's self-sufficient. But we can never, never outgive God. We can never, ever outgive God. And voice out with gentleness. I mean, with people who we don't know, it is easy to just be very gentle, isn't it? But how about our family? I think the family, our family are the main beneficiary of all our grumpiness, of all our everything, you know, the yelling, the, especially the kids. Because if, if they upset us, we just, ah! you know, we just, ah! <laughs> it is so easy. But in, in the workplace, in outside, we just pretend to be, you know, holy, holy, holy. Because we protect our image. But we're, we're in the house we we don't need to protect our image and to make peace with others the last thing is to encourage do we encourage or do we just ruin others people other people of course we always encourage yeah we've already talked about that And in Psalm 63, verse 5, it says, My soul is satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth offers praises with joyful lips. One of the signs as well that we we have peace with God is that we can praise Him. We can praise Him even in the midst of trials. You know how funny it is when we're at church and we're singing joyful song and we're just, I have joy joy, joy in my heart, joy in my heart. You know, you, 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 just, you just don't know what you're doing. You just don't know what you're saying because you're still so troubled. You're thinking of, oh, what, how can I going to pay my, my phone? How will I going to pay this, pay that? But the thing is, when we're at church... And even we're not in the building at church. We have to praise him. We have to smile, even the traffic is so long and you can't get through. Well, you have to smile, even the line in Centrelink is five people. <laughs> you know, I was like, I was like uh, my husband. He knows this. The first time I came here, we went to Centrelink to file that. You know, he's married now to me, and there were like five in the line. And then they said, oh, no, there's so much line. There's long line. I said, where's the line? Where's the line? Because, you know, in the Philippines, if you go to the government house, 4 o'clock in the morning, you have to line up. And the office will open at 8 o'clock. That's the line that we're talking about. (laughs) That's why I said... Where's the line? There's five people in the line. And we're already inside the building. It's at nine o'clock in the morning. And they say, five, pe- five cars in the road. They say, oh, so much traffic, heavy traffic. And I said, where's the traffic? <laughs> because, you know, in the Philippines, one hour stuck, not moving. Not moving. You're not moving. You're not moving. And you worry about you don't have money in your bank account? I tell you, in the Philippines, we don't even have bank accounts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't even have bank accounts. So, why worry? <laughs> you know, people, they worry so much that you things that you can control, you worry so much. You worry about it. And, but sometimes I'm very disorganized that, you know, Lou knew this. We have a a pop-up thing like this. And then uh, Lou will always say, well, how many people are coming? I said, I don't know. <laughs> and he was, you don't know. I said, oh, who are going to bring food? I said, I don't know. <laughs> and, and she was like, oh my God, there might be not enough food. There might be not enough, you know, not people. And I said, it's okay, Lou. If you don't have enough food, let them drink water. <laughs> let them drink water. <laughs> and the next time, you know, they're going to learn to bring food. But it's not for us to worry. You know, because if we worry, it's just a simple. And no, Lou's that. I have her permission to, to, to use that as an example. But it's the balance between us. Lou is a good balance for me because I'm just very relaxed. It's like I have to pay in the morning, but and now we don't have money yet. And I would just say, it's not yet time. So when it's time, then... It's going to go there. I have eight kids before in the Philippines that I've taken care of. And you know what? Kids are so easy to convince with the faith. It is so easy. I will never forget it because we don't have food. And I will tell them, if we don't have food, it means that we won't get hungry. And if we, if we get hungry, it, it's okay because you will not die. And I will say, but if we die, it's all right. We're all going to go to heaven. And it's true. It's very true. The kids, they just say, yes, yes, we're going to go to heaven. You know? But tell it. Say it to an adult. They're going to think you're crazy. You're crazy. That's what they're going to tell you. But I'm telling you, this is very true. I've experienced it real in my life that the kids, they have very good faith because you know why they're not in control they cannot control the things they cannot control because they don't have the ability to do the stuff that they think of that's why they just rely on the adults but we as adults we have so many things that we think we can do and sometimes we tell god this is how you should do it lord you know i'm praying for this lord but This is how you should do it. And if he doesn't, I'm sorry, Lord, but I'm not going to read my Bible today because you did not answer me. But I'm sure that there's no one like that here. Amen? (laughs) There's no one like that here. So just forgive me. I'm just saying that about... It's in the Philippines, not here. (laughs) Not here. So, when we follow Jesus you have to be at peace. So the, the next time that we worry, the next time that we complain, what are we going to say? Ghostbuster. No, it's not Ghostbuster. <laughs> because that's a, I, I remember the the, the movie, what, when, whom you going to call? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> but he, when you're worried and you're complaining, what are you going to say? Rest and peace, my soul, all Israel. Amen. And, yeah, I think I've finished this. So, if you've got peace, then you've got joy. And if you've got joy, you praise the Lord all the time. And I want to invite everyone to please stand up. Doug requested it. So, I, I'm pretty sure that he's going to do this. So, Doug, I'm challenging you. <laughs> and also the youth and Everyone, if you've got peace and you've got joy, we will praise the Lord, amen. And we will just uh, pray and thank the Lord for His ministering to us at this moment, Father God. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for Thy Holy Spirit that taught us to die, oh God, Lord. That we may always carry the peace that comes from you, Lord. That we may be able to praise you. Even we have tears in our eyes, O oh God. Even we are, when we are crying. Even when we are in troubles. That we can still praise you. And that joy, that joy that's beyond understanding. And that no one can take from us, oh Lord. Give it to us, oh Jesus. Lord, we claim, we claim, oh God, that just what you have said in Jeremiah 33, verse 3, that call unto me and I will do things beyond your imagination. Right now in this moment, oh Jesus, we claim signs, wonders, and miracles that will happen in our lives. That as we step out in this place, oh God, we will carry that peace and we will be your disciples. Just like what you have said, go and make disciples of every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And lo and behold, I shall be with you all the days of your life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the poor church. We pray that as we step out, we will follow you and we will be your disciples. Thank you, God. We praise you and magnify your holy, holy name. In the sweetest name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Amen.